Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this week's message. My name's Aaron, and I'm on the staff team here at Eastlake. Everything we do around here depends on the generous donations of our local and online community. People just like you, who tune into these messages and see great benefit from living that idea that life is a gift and love is the point. So if you love what Eastlake is up to, we'd encourage you to contribute by going to eastlakecc.com. With that, let's jump into this week's message. Today, we hear from Britt Barron as she continues our series, A Conversation About Race. Please check the description for links to our quarterly Spotify playlist and guided meditation. Hello, Eastlake. Uh, Welcome back for our third conversation on understanding, unpacking, talking more about race and racism in America. Uh, All right, so in our last conversation, again, if you haven't caught up on all of them, I would just encourage you to do so since we're sort of building on each one. But in our last conversation, we addressed power and privilege. We talked about systems. And we ended with this idea of IRO and IRS. So internalized racial oppression and internalized racial superiority. And so I hope y'all spent some time uh, since our last conversation unpacking those things or thinking about the ways in which you've consumed those concepts or those ideas. One of the very big ideas we talked about last week was this idea that white is normal and everything else is other. And so I challenge you all to look through your life uh, and around you to see if you see that idea show up anywhere around you. So uh, hopefully we are... Not only having this conversation, but seeing these things and experiencing them and sort of putting some some faces and some feet to them in our real life. So we ended with uh, IRO and IRS, those concepts and those ideas. And maybe you've had a little bit of time to think about, are there some of this uh, these racist ideas that you have internalized and consumed, right? And that's not only for white people and not only for people of color. We're all living under these ideas, under these policies, and under this power. Remember the iceberg from our very first conversation. We're all living into it, which is we've all been impacted by it. And so now, uh, for our third conversation, I want to talk about what it looks like to uh, be anti-racist, to develop our own anti-racism action plan, to move towards something. What does that look like individually? Because we started with this very big idea, this iceberg. Then we talked about systems. And then we're starting to narrow down into how those impact us as individuals. So what do we do, right? The number one question I get asked, the number one question in my inbox in summer of 2020 was what can I do? What do I do? And I don't know if you remember at the very first conversation we had, I wanted us to imagine a river. Remember, and I said, imagine the river and now imagine that there's bunch of trash floating down the river. There are Starbucks cups and Target bags and all of these things. We have two options. We could jump in the river. We could try to do as much as we can, or we can walk upstream. So that's what we've been doing for the past few weeks. We've been walking upstream to try to see what's happening. Because sometimes when you're addressing a problem that isn't new, and the problem that isn't instant, the solution isn't going to be instant. 
That's why I say all the time in these conversations, the goal here is to set you on your own path of continued education and anti-racism. Not to solve it, not to fix it, not to give you three steps that are, you could do these and you'll be great, right? But to set you on a path of continuing on this thing. This, this system was not built in a day. It may not be taken down in a day, but we will do our part to take down the pieces that are within our grasp to take down. All right, so let's talk a little bit about anti-racism. Anti-racism, um, uh, coined by Angela Davis, she said, it's not enough to be not racist, you need to be anti-racist. That's referencing that moving sidewalk I talked about. Even if we take our iceberg analogy, imagine that we are all riding on that iceberg. And so there's no neutral. And so we need to do something active. So here's what I want you to imagine. I know we've done a lot of imagining. Thank you for going with me in that journey. But imagine a bow tie. Imagine a very cute, nicely tied bow tie. So a bow tie, it's got two triangles coming in, going out, they get bigger, and then it's got a center point. So I want you to imagine you are that center point, and then that iceberg that we talked about, that iceberg that goes racist power, racist policy, ideas, uh, ignorance, and hate, I want you to imagine those two icebergs turned on its side. Because this is how structural, systemic, and institutional racism works. It is big, so it has the power, policy, ideas, ignorance, and hate, and then that's where we are impacted. And then going out from us, from individuals, is how we perpetrate that ignorance and hate into the ideas, into the policy, and back into the power. So we sit at the intersection of these two icebergs turned on their side. So although it feels like we can't do much, uh, we can. These big systems are upheld by lots of people who participate in them. That is both good news and bad news. The bad news is that they're being upheld. The good news is that's uh, being upheld by a combination of people. We are people, we can make a change. Okay, so we sit in the middle of this. And remember I talked, uh, I, th I think I said this last week, but one of the reasons that noticing these seemingly little things or these ideas of wiping normal and everything else as other of noticing band-aids or Crayolas or why Santa Claus white or the Easter bunny. Well, I guess the Easter bunny is not white. The Easter bunny is a bunny, but noticing all these things is important because like we said, the minute that we other someone, the last domino to fall is violence. So it starts as band-aids, it ends up George Floyd. It starts as these little nuances, as consuming these ideas that we as individuals put out into the world, that we internalize, that we consume, and that's how we get Trayvon Martin and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor. That's how these things happen. And so our role is actually incredible, incredibly important. Although we sit at the center of these very big systems and it does not feel like we have a large rate of participation, our very acute and surgical breaking down of these ideas, the way we've internalized them. I know that doesn't feel like the work, but that is a big part of the work. When we can become individuals who no longer uphold the ignorance and hate that is built on by the ideas that the policies rest on, that's how we get to the power. Okay. So I know that's Inspirational, but you're like, so what do I do? Okay. I want to talk about three categories, um, 
three lenses through which to look at our anti-racism work where I feel like a lot of our anti-racism work sits. And that's education, activism, and relationships. Education, activism, and relationships. Education, number one, it's conversations like this, it's reading books uh, about things you're unfamiliar with, it's about listening to podcasts. That's the, the consumption of how do you educate yourself on what's going on? How do you participate in learning something new, maybe unlearning things uh, that you no longer wish to carry? That's the educational part. Second, we have activism. So all summer 2020, you saw people in the streets. Uh, this is protesting brands who you feel like are perpetrating these um, ideas or policy. This is um, social media uh, activism. This is, this is everything that falls into place of something that you are actively doing, either participating or not participating in something because you want to take a, a public and, and a big stand against what's happening. So it's education, you're learning, activism, you're doing, you're not doing, you're withholding, you're participating in a real physical, tangible way. And the third is relationships. This one is tricky, uh, especially in the time of the internet and cancel culture and uh, a lot of things that make it high stakes to be in relationships with people who are not like you, uh, who hold unfamiliar ideologies, um, and have consumed potentially extremely harmful ideas. So these are the three places that I feel like our anti-racism lives a lot of the time. So I wanna talk about an approach to these three areas um, and leave y'all with some homework if that's okay. It's probably okay because I've done it every, <laughs> every week so far. Hey everyone, it's Kristen. Just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for tuning in. I hope that you're finding these messages helpful for you in your everyday life. Um, that's what we're trying to do here is gather around the idea that life is a gift and love is the point and let's give ourselves ways to move forward in that in our own everyday world. Um, so I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for being a part of this community. To those of you who have participated and given financially, we wanna say thank you to you. Everything that we do here happens because people make contributions. People say, I value this place. I want it to exist for me and for other people. And so I'm going to support it. And so we just want to say how grateful we are um, that you do that. And for those of you who maybe haven't had a chance to contribute yet, um, we would ask you to consider maybe doing so. If you find this place beneficial, if you find these messages helpful for you, then um, consider joining us in that way. You can go to eastlakecc.com to make a contribution. Um, and we just always are thankful for the people who want this place to exist. So thanks again for tuning in. Let's get back to the message. I know sometimes being on this anti-racism journey can feel like January 1st. Cause like every January 1st I have so many plans. I'm like, okay, no carbs. I'm running 10 miles a day, even though I can't run four miles and I am doing all these things. I'm going to read 52 books this year. That's a book a week. I bet I can knock it out. And you blah, 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 blah. January 3rd comes around and you're like, I am burnt out. Okay. What we are not wanting is for you to jump in on this journey. Two weeks later, you are burnt out. We need people who are in. This is a marathon, not a sprint. These systems took a long time to build. They are taking a while to deconstruct, to bring down. And we need people in there who are going to participate uh, in a real way for a long time. 
So something that uh, a friend of mine uh, helped me reframe a while was uh, this idea of things in our life being descriptive as opposed to prescriptive. So descriptive versus prescriptive. Something is prescriptive, it means I need to add it. So I look at my life and I'm like, I don't exercise enough, I don't drink water. These are all these things that I'm trying to add to my life. That's prescriptive. Descriptive is asking, okay, what do I do? Okay, I walk my dog. Um, okay, I drink sparkling water. Does that count? Whatever. And this is more towards a like fake January 1 nutrition goals, but I want to use these ideas um, as we talk about anti-racism. So we want to look through a descriptive lens as we start our journeys and not a prescriptive lens. So what we're not gonna do is here are the 50 things I need to add to my life to be anti-racist. We're gonna say, what do we already do and can we reimagine it through a lens of anti-racism, right? I do this uh, with my spirituality all the time. I say, well, I don't have a lot of room to just like add 50 uh, rituals in my day. What do I already do in my day and can I reimagine it through a spiritual lens? That's why one of my biggest spiritual practices has and, and is and has been for probably the past 10 years uh, showering. I've just created a few rituals around showering because it was gonna be something that I was gonna do every day. And so I was like, can I just, are there three questions I can ask? Can I train myself to take three deep breaths before I get out? And that is it. That is one of my biggest spiritual practices. It is not prescriptive, it is descriptive. So what did I already do in a day and how could I reimagine it? Let's talk about that for our anti-racism journey. Okay, so education. Um, so instead of saying, I need to now go get a master's in African-American studies, maybe you do, go off. Uh, but for some of us, it's, are you already listening to podcasts? Can you listen to anti-racism podcasts on your commute uh, to work or wherever you're going now that most of us are working from home? What are you already reading? Can you reimagine that in an anti-racist way? What are you already watching? What are you already consuming that is educational or insightful or that is um, promoting a certain idea? Can you reimagine that towards an anti-racist way, right? And I would encourage you to do that instead of dumping so many extra things on that you burn yourself out. We do not want that. Stay in this game. So what are you already consuming and can you reimagine it? towards developing your anti-racism action plan and lens, okay? Um, activism. So this is a big one. I get a lot of people saying like, okay, the big protests happened in my town or we were painting Black Lives Matter on the street and it was awesome and I went out and I participated, but now that's over, What? how can I participate? Or those things were happening and you were like, I, I don't feel safe. A lot of those things were happening at the height uh, of our pandemic. And so protests may be your thing. Maybe th they are not a, a safe space for you. That's fine, but they're also not every day. So how do you actively participate in anti-racism in a consistent way? Uh, I would encourage you to do the things as they come up around large events. Uh, but day to day, I think some of the simplest way uh, and one of the biggest forms of activism that we can participate in is actually financial. So, I know this sounds super practical, but my wife and I, we always look at where we spend our money and are we spending it on um, 
brands and people that we believe in. Black owned businesses, queer owned businesses, woman owned businesses, small businesses, businesses committed to uh, a low carbon footprint, businesses that are uh, supporting people who are supporting us, businesses that have taken a stand and do we withhold um, spending and our dollar. I always have someone's voice in my head. They told me I was very young, I was in high school and they said, yeah, you can, you vote with your ballot, but you vote more and more often with your dollar. Um, I think that's true of a lot of us. So being very intentional about how you spend, listen, you're gonna buy toilet paper. You're gonna do it because you're gonna go to the bathroom, right? Is there a black owned local toilet paper company? There actually happens to be one um, that we know of. It, those are simple things. Those are things that you are already gonna do. Can you reimagine it? When it's time to take the streets, I hope we all take to the streets. But our activism in our day-to-day -day can be things that we're already doing. We're already buying toothpaste, we're already buying toilet paper, we're already supporting companies, we're already doing these things. How can we reimagine them in an anti-racist way? That is not even taking a lot from our life, but that is actively participating just to rewire ourselves to say, okay, how can I stand up to this iceberg? How can I start to chip away at the corners that are in my life? And last but not least, relationships. This one's tricky. No one wants to talk to the racist uncle who made that comment at Thanksgiving. But what relationships already exist in our life and how do they need to be reimagined in an anti-racist way? I'm a firm believer that if you have people in your life who you don't agree on everything with, then every conversation you have does not need to be about the thing you don't agree with. That is not helpful. If that is a relationship that you hope to uh, hold and continue to build, then Every conversation doesn't need to be about the topic you don't agree on. On the same token, I'm a big believer of boundaries. So if that is a toxic, unhealthy, pushing you to a bad place relationship, we don't need to force ourselves to stay in them. But for those relationships that we have with the people who we love and care about, who either push us or who are being pushed by us, continuing to not every single conversation, but when we can, go to those places even though we don't want to, is going to be incredibly important because when we are able to do that with someone else, it teaches our brain how to understand how to do that when we come up with an internal idea that we don't like. So when I have a friend, coworker, family member say something that is out of pocket, that does not line up, that perpetrates some of those ideas from the iceberg, my confronting of that in a way that allows for now, okay, they learn new information, they can change course, maybe this doesn't determine everything about them. Maybe my ability to, to hold that in that relationship is tantamount to my ability to hold those things within myself. Because the way that we write people off if they say one wrong thing or if they don't know the right woke language or that they do X, Y, Z, that's what stops us from really search, searching internally and deciding whether or not we're able to pluck out some of those racist ideas that we have consumed ourselves. That's one of my current biggest issues with the internet right now, not that anyone asked, but my fear is that we've created an environment in which more people are afraid of being perceived as racist than they are of actually consuming racist ideas. And that's part, in part because of our reaction to those things. Listen, these ideas, they are in every single nook and cranny of our culture. So if you live here, you have consumed them. 
And if you have consumed them, then you need to find them and pluck them out. And the way in which you allow people around you to do that will be the way that yourself allows you to get to those places where they live. So I, I encourage you to do it with a little bit of empathy and compassion when possible, when not toxic, when all these things. But listen, every single one of us has consumed these ideas. These ideas have been internalized. And we need to do the continuous work of plucking those out. And if all we do is pluck, 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 poke, poke, poke at everyone else around us, then we're not getting better. Our anti-racism journey is not stronger because we can call someone out on the internet. No, it's stronger because we are able to acquire new information, pluck out where the old information lives in our brain, have these rituals, do this education, be active, be participating, and realize that this is an ongoing journey. You're going to make mistakes. I had someone tell me recently in a training, they're like, I just don't want to do it wrong. Too bad, you will. I will. I have. I will again. If perfection is the goal, do not, do not start your anti-racism journey. If your goal is to do it perfectly, you're going to say something wrong. Someone will be offended. You might hurt someone's feelings. You might get your feelings hurt. You might be offended. You might say something wrong. You might say something right. You might correct someone. You might be corrected. All of these things are probably going to happen. And that is the beauty of this thing. So as we start to end our conversation, I want to leave you with an with a encouragement and a challenge to think through education, activism, and relationships. Don't try to build a new wheel or some do something that's going to burn you out in a few weeks. What do you already do in your life that you can reimagine in an anti-racist way? And how are you going to do that with the people in your life? Listen, I don't know if you're hoping for three steps or a magic protein shake that ends racism. But this is a big, this is big. We're talking from 1492 to 2022. We have been under racist power that has created racist policies that have rested on racist ideas that we have consumed that have led to ignorance, violence, and hate. We find ourselves in the middle of it. So we need to get that chisel and we need to go through every section because those things live in us. They do. I wish racist wasn't as pejorative of a term as it is because it's really just more descriptive of a lot of people in this country who have consumed these ideas. So education, activism, relationships, how can we be begin to find, search, and pull out the places in which we have internalized and consumed these ideas? That's not the sexy work. That's not as fun, honestly, for me personally as marching in the streets, and I hope we get to do both. But let's not do one without the other. So thank you for going on this journey with me. Um, I hope that we at least have an idea of what we're looking for. And when we find it, I hope we have the tools to dig it out, to examine it, and to move forward with a level of understanding, compassion, empathy. I wish this was just a question of are you racist or not? are you not individually? Are you violent or are you not? No, this thing has impacted all of us. And so it's gonna take all of our participation. I hope that feels tangible and hopeful and serious, right? Uh, because it's all of those things. I believe in the change that's happening in the world. I believe in our ability to change it, but I don't think it's gonna be as sexy or as fast as we want it to be. And I'm okay with that. There's so much good work when it's hard and slow and complicated and nuanced. And I wanna be a part of that work. I hope you wanna be a part of that work as well. Thank you again for spending this time with me. 
Um, and I hope that this uh, conversation continues in and out yeah, your own lives and families and friends and relationships. Thank you for joining us. To make a donation, head to eastlakecc.com slash donate.